NNF After Dark is brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. For all of your vacation planning needs, visit www.sandpipervacations.com. Tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. to NNF After Dark. Chris is going to take you through the highlights of the previous episode and maybe even say some bad words, plus celebrity interviews, and much, much more. And now, here he is, the scumbag reselling hoarder himself, Chris Yob! I'm back! Welcome to No New Friends After Dark. Nick, you did a hell of a job last week. I, I can't yeah. even I can't even go on with my intro because you did a hell of a job last well, week. Well, my intro is quick, so that's why it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was really quick. I'm keeping mine quick because I don't want to lose my job because I know uh, I don't do many things better than you, Nick. And by many, I mean probably everything. I don't do better than you. So I uh, I need to try to be perfect today because uh, I don't want to lose my job to you, although it would be an honor. I just don't want to do that because this is the only thing I have going for me right now. It was a, um, fun. It was a anyway. pleasure. It was fun. It was, it was, um, I'm yeah. sure you guys had a great time without me. Sure you guys had a really good time without me. You ever see that meme with Squidward just looking at SpongeBob and Patrick playing outside by, you know, and he's just at the window just looking out there sad. That's how I felt last <laughs> week, guys. Just six hours ahead of you. Um, I was in Germany last week. I was six hours ahead of you. I did place a lot of sports bets because I did know things six hours before they were going to happen in the United <laughs> States. And I did make a very large sum of money. I made a lot of money, oh. Scott. Yeah, I did. I Good did. for you, man. I'm just kidding. I can't make money right now. I can't spend anything because the underwriters are watching my accounts. But anyway, <laughs> mortgage, mortgage problems. Mortgage problems. <sighs> what are we doing? No new friends after dark. Welcome back to no new. I, listen, I've been I've been gone for too long, man. It's been it's been a long it's been a long time. It's been a long time. But uh, we're back, and that's all that matters. I am here in virtual studios. The virtual studio of Sandpiper Vacations. The Sandpiper the Vacation Sandpiper studios. Vacation Studios, alongside a long virtual side with Scott from the No New Friends podcast. Nick from Sandpiper, and we have a special guest tonight. We have a special guest tonight. That's why I want to keep this intro a little short because I got to introduce our special guest. Well, you failed miserably. That <laughs> ship sailed. Yeah, well, it's semi. It's short for me anyway. I think everything I do is short. I think we've established that. We have Scott Fullerton from the Left of Straight podcast with us tonight. Scott, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me on, Chris. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you coming on. Um, thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for um, waiting f- to come on. Oh my gosh, we had a very, very long episode. Scott is um, Scott is very short at some things. He's very long at telling stories. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, his wife wishes he's long at other things, but hey, we're not all, we're <laughs> that is, that not, is true. We're not all perfect. So Scott, uh, super excited to have you on tonight. Um, tell us a little bit about your your podcast. What's your podcast about? My podcast is primarily entertainment. I speak okay. to do interviews with people from entertainment, foodies. I'm a huge Food Network watcher, uh, music and books, and advocacy from time to time. So. 
I've had some great people like Lonnie Anderson on before from WKRP oh. in Cincinnati. A lot of fun. Um, different people. I had Poop. Pete Buttigieg on when he was running for president back oh, in the day. Wow. So that was exciting. So wow. anyway, he's like my hero. I, I love that guy. He is amazing. He has the retort of, he has it down pat. So anybody, he's, he's one of those, I have a list, Scott. I have a list of people that I would go gay for. Uh, <laughs> Kevin James, JJ Reddick and Pete Buttigieg. So, I think you have what we uh, call a type. Um, yeah. I know. Apparently, apparently I, I didn't make that list, but next time. Well, Nick, you're a real person in my life. I can't, I can't openly admit that. So, yeah. So, so that's basically it. I kind of do a different pod, different interviews with people. been doing it for – I just had my eight-year anniversary two days ago. Oh, my so gosh. Wow. Been doing this you how long have you been doing it? Eight years, forever. Wow. Um, I took two years off for COVID. One year okay. because of – Entertainment was shut down. Nobody was doing anything. Right. And one year, because once you get off the horse, it's hard to get back on sure. there. So it took me another year to get motivated to get back on there again. But came back yeah, in like March um, in my sixth season. But like I said, uh, I happened to start my first episode on July 2nd, which was exactly one week after marriage equality became the law of the land at the Supreme Court. And my very first guest was one of the plaintiffs in that case along wow. with uh, another voiceover actor that was huge in marriage equality in California. So it was, awesome. it was a good start. <laughs> I enjoyed oh, it. Jeez. Very cool. Well, happy anniversary. That was just a Thank few days you, ago. Jeez. Well, so eight years. Wow. It's, um, First of all, your podcast is something uh, super, super important that you do. And uh, thank you for, for doing that. That's, a, that's amazing that you've been doing it, um, what you do for so long. That, that's just so cool. Um, I, I guess the first question I have for you, how do you um, – how do you build up the the courage to get these like these uh, huge guests on? Like, like it, it, it's amazing these names that you've just been throwing <laughs> out at us. Like, how do you, do you do you know people? Do you just reach out to them? How does that work? Well, it's different now. I mean, I'm old. When you started eight years ago, social media was still relatively new, not overly. <laughs> so you could actually reach out to people on Instagram and Twitter, and they'd talk back to you. And <laughs> especially, elder, I mean, I my. My guests are both LGBT and straight allies, but especially LGBT entertainment people have enough time getting press and everything to begin with. So it was very easy when you reached out at first over social media and says, hey, I'd like to give you this national radio platform, even though I didn't have that many listeners at the time. It's like, sure, I'll take any gig I can get to get on the air. So it was right. relatively easy the first couple of years. Then as everybody started getting social media handlers and people running their accounts for them, then it was a little more difficult. But then I started getting known well enough where I would actually have PR people that I had worked with for some of their clients before contact me. So now it's a good mix of both. I'm still trolling Instagram weekly to try to find some new guests. And there's still a lot of LGBTQ content that have their emails right on their Instagram profiles. And I have a good mix of publicists who reach out. Wow. That's amazing. Um, it's that podcast goals right there. Chris. Yeah, I know. I'm like, Oh my gosh, don't give, don't give Scott any idea. They're going to have to have more jobs. <laughs> right? Yeah. Trolling. Instagram. I'll just be stalking more people on Instagram. <laughs> I know Scott's gonna have less in a life than he did yesterday. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so you touch on a little bit of everything uh, with your podcast, which is super fun. We do the same thing, but we touch on a lot of nothing with our with our podcast. No, but I wouldn't say why. mine doesn't turn into nothing by the end of the interview. But we start out with good intentions. There's good intentions yeah. all the way around. So what your podcast does, uh, you know, our, our Sunday episodes are a lot of humor and just, you know, navigating life together. And then um, uh, No New Friends After Dark, like we like to say, is kind of like peeling back the curtains of life. And that's what we've kind of found uh, with this show is uh, getting to more of the hard hitting things and kind of the more real things, joking about it at the same time, you know, keeping that humor. But um you know, we can't hide from all this real stuff that goes on in our lives. So why not talk and laugh about it, right? So, um, what what is? I've really come to love talking about some of the more serious stuff, and this has almost become therapy for me, Scott, and and, and Nick. It's 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 nice. I don't need therapy. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned that's very not true. Actually, <laughs> 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 the opposite. <laughs> Scott Scott might probably need more therapy. help than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know what? We found a lot of um, fun, I guess you'd say, because um, it, it's nice to be able to talk, the three of us, on a weekly basis about things that we don't talk about on a normal basis, that we don't might not feel comfortable talking about, that we might not feel um, the opportunity to talk about, whether it be a coming out story, whether it be anxiety, depression, whatever it is. It's nice to be able to, the three of us, come along and, and talk about this stuff. And actually, with Nick coming on, uh, me and Scott have been, you know, co-hosts on this on the No New Friends podcast for a while now. Nick came on, and um, and we've all gotten close like very quickly. And it's it just we, I don't know, we just have this nice little just chemistry where we just open up to each other. It's really nice, and uh, being able to connect with our audience. I think is the most special part about this and hearing um, that they can relate to us and they feel comfortable about, you know, maybe coming out or, or talking about depression or anxiety. Now this long story long, um, uh, we just recently discovered that we like to talk about this stuff and it's, it's, it's nice that you've been doing this for eight years. What subjects and, and things reoccurring themes on, on your show do you, have you found that um, you like talking about the most and why is it for, you know, comedy purposes? Is it for, you know, being able to touch someone, you know, what is that? Well, it's kind of a mix of things. I mean, it's primarily an entertainment show, so we mm -hmm. try to keep it on the lighthearted but I have right. had some serious subjects, like with Pete Buttigieg on, we were talking about some serious things True. that were happening against the nation. The first show, Marriage Equality, was really important to talk about that. I have had different guests over the years that have kind of all have their own certain causes. So we've talked about everything from the importance of having role models and big brothers and big sisters for the LGBTQ community. That's very important to being able to have safe places to go. I mean, there's, as you say, there's so many things happening right now that's almost going backwards. We had to talk a couple of weeks ago about them wanting to take safe place stickers down at schools in Minnesota. I mean, they just don't have safe places anymore. So there's a lot of serious things we will talk about, but we try to keep it as lighthearted as possible. And Scott, that I feel like that is what's driving us right now. Uh, to shift the whole point of this show to a different direction is because I, you know, I live in Florida. So you see how kind of bad it is in Florida for the LGBTQ plus community. 
And it's like every time it, it was funny, we did an episode where we were celebrating the gay culture and it was just this great thing, you know, and, and I said, well, we've got to bring some reality to this because we just made it seem like everything's fine. Everything's sunshine, rainbows and unicorns and glitter and all that. And it is, but every step forward that we take, we take two steps back right. because now we've got all of this religious indoctrination. We've got, you know, the, the parental rights or don't say gay bill, the, you know, all those things that are, that are hurting the LGBTQ plus even, community are taking. And even last week, with away, the, ahead, even last week with the Supreme court dealing with oh, LGBT time, issues. Last week, last week was a bad well, week too. for everybody yeah. across the country. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that that's our driving force right now is to like, look, we've, we've got to, we can't just sit back and, and it, it call ourselves allies by wearing the colors. We have to actually do something to, to make a change and, and bring education to exactly what's going on. Nick, Nick, Nick made this statement um, in his coming out story that really has just sunk in and, and, and hit home. And I reference this a lot when I'm telling people about our podcast is he says, he's got to come out every single day of the week. Every time he goes outside and is holding his husband's hand, he's got to come out all over again. And it's like, man, I just want to get to the place where it's just like, who cares? Who cares who you love? Who cares? It doesn't impact my life. It impacts my life because Nick's my friend and I want Nick to be happy, you know, but, but you know, why should anybody who is not necessarily understanding of, of the LGBTQ plus community, why, what difference does it make to them is, is like kind of my point, but. No. Anyway, that's our that's our whole purpose right now. Our whole drive is just really educating people on how how dangerous and how bad things are right now. Right. And Nick knows more than us, I'm sure. He's from Columbus. Columbus was actually at one time the number three largest gay city in the country. I mean, behind San Francisco and New York. So it was a huge gay population in Columbus. And things were it's gone through good and bad. I mean, there was problems they've had in the past with different things, but it's getting a little better in a lot of aspects. And Nick would be able to talk a lot more than that, but it's yeah. a, it's a different community community. Each different state has their own set of challenges. Like you said, Florida has huge challenges right now. And I think that's something that's great that we've been discussing is because we're all from different areas of the country. And even though you guys are straight guys, like, these aren't topics that typically you'd pay attention to, even though you guys are allies, you have gay friends. It's not something that may stand out to you or may pop up on your social media feed. Um, like it does with me. It does now. Yeah, it does now. Yeah, it does now. Florida allows that. Don't block it. (laughs) No, I, I, I put a uh, California address in there. Seeping through. (laughs) So, Scott, you you've been doing this for eight years. What what keeps you doing it? Like, what what makes you eight years is a long time, man. And that like, what what keeps you going? Is it so? Is it the message you're trying to send? Is that is that or is it the 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 love of of broadcasting? What is it? It's really a mix. It started out primarily as a love of broadcasting. I started the show because my father got really ill eight years ago, so I had to move home to take care of him, and he was sleeping half the day. I need something to do to spend my time. And I was very proud. I was the uh, chairman of my pride center, local pride center here for three years. So I was already an LGBTQ advocate. I started listening to some other podcasts at the time and just thought it might be something interesting and fun to do to pass the time. And with that 
quasi early success of getting to talk to a lot of people, it does get to be just a fun time to broadcast. I mean, you know how it is. It's it's fun to get with these guys every week, right? And just talk about different things and, and yeah. just shoot the shit and have a little bit of t- fun, right? So that's yeah, a lot of it. And then it comes when you get to these important issues, that just is kind of the icing on the cake. When you get those, they're few and far between. You guys know you'll get those matches as every so while with someone step out and that that really helped me. Thank you so much for that. And that one little message can keep you going for six months, right? Yeah. Depending on how it happens. So I've had just enough of those to really keep you going, oh, that's why I do this too. So that's really important to me. Like I said, it was hard though. I mean, once you stop, I mean, you know, just from two weeks on vacation at when COVID hit and I took those two years off, it was a hard slog to get back into it again. And oh, yeah. I, when COVID started, because Nobody was doing anything. Everybody was off work, trapped in homes. I brought my show up to five days a week instead of my normal two. Wow. So I was doing content after content after content. And I think I kind of burnt myself out a little bit near the end when things were just really shutting down. And then it was like, I think that's what I remembered getting, trying to start up again. Those five days was so hard. And then so I eased myself back into it this year. And I'm really enjoying it again. Was the theme of your podcast always, uh, it was always named Left of Straight then, right? Your podcast? It was always named very tongue-in-cheek. I mean, not quite there. Just a little bit Left of Straight. I, I kind of said it. New, um, I was doing a lot of news articles. It's like news from a slightly different angle. Just trying to kind of play off the words a little bit for it. So that was primarily behind it. The reason I'm asking is because you started this eight years ago when – was it difficult to start like an LGBTQ plus friendly broadcast eight years ago? There wasn't many of them at the time. Um, there right. was probably about five to 10 that were uh, maybe five that were popular, 10 that were getting decent plays. So it was relatively new to find a, a big LGBTQ audience. And they were primarily in the entertainment field, which is where I started. But there wasn't too many for serious news. There wasn't many Mm -hmm. in a lot of different genres that we see now just out of necessity. Um, And now a lot of people have found when podcasting blew up so much, you found a lot of comedians get into it. A lot of different people really start to join the fray. So it's really broadened the community a bit. And now there's a lot to listen to, which is really nice to see out there. 4.1 million podcasts, to be exact. And I, I didn't start listening until about two, three years ago to podcast. So the fact that you've been around that long and continuing, that's amazing. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, it's um, but just the fact that you've been doing uh, pushing the, the the positive message that you've been pushing for so long is just is is amazing. Um, I I, I, I like me and Scott, we're we're both you know we're straight guys doing this podcast with with Nick. Well, and we Chris, never is, Chris is par- partially. Yeah, yeah. Chris, Chris wavers. For, I know. I'm, <laughs> His I'm percentage of gayness gay. is all over the place. It, it varies from week to week. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing Nick in this tank top, it goes, it goes a little higher. There you go. I haven't seen, I, I haven't seen him in a couple of weeks. I was feeling so. overdressed when I came on. Okay, <laughs> I'm not representing the gays well. We got the tank yeah. top going on there. I mean, at least I could have crop topped it or something for well, you to make it a little exciting. Scott's actually wearing something not floral for a change too so i know i know, I know. Right? Yeah. I, I, it's so hot here that i can't have the extra layers of clothing right now i usually wear like a, a button-up floral shirt real uh, like the uglier the better and nick says your gay percentage is going up a little bit <laughs> but also not really because your fashion sense sucks yeah, my yeah. fashion sense isn't there so 
But um, I Scott, I was listening to some of your podcasts recently, and I know you had for those of you that probably don't know who Del Shores is on your podcast. And for me, Del Shores is a huge deal because I love Sorted Lives and the reboot of it and the TV show, and just hearing that name for me and the gay community, it's a it's a well known name. Um, tell the straight guys, I guess, who Del Shores. Yeah, Del Shores was one of my original guests and has since become a very good friend. We actually hang out whenever I'm in LA. But he is a writer of plays and a director of plays and producer of plays. And his shows were so kind of universal that he would draw a huge straight ally cast with it. Um, we had um, Delta Burke was in the TV series for it. Uh, we had Olivia Newton-John was in the original movie for it. Um, oh, wow. Whoopi Goldberg did a cameo in the last movie for his series. So he's had this series called Sorted Lives that's been going throughout these years now, but it attracts such a wide, diverse view of characters. And Dell is just an amazing writer, and he teaches writing. I go to his uh, writing workshops that he does. And he's, uh, he just started his own foundation now where he's looking for up-and-coming queer writers from the South. And so I've been uh, going on a couple of his Zoom calls when he's teaching these classes. And it's just amazing to see some of the talent out there um, writing plays and everything. But Dell has just been a huge force in LGBTQ playwriting. And since then, that's turned into movies and other things as well. So it's been a great, great great person. He works so well with the community and with allies. He takes no junk from anybody too. He'll get right up in your face and yep. uh, is t- take no prisoners kind of guy, which I like. So yeah, he's been a great yeah, I say for me, for me as a gay guy, I, I didn't watch Sorted Lives until probably later on, many years after it came out. And to see those big name stars and like, I knew Leslie Jordan because Leslie, Leslie Jordan was one of the main characters in it. And he was on, well and Grace at the time, and that's where I think I got drawn into sort of lives and saw Living It and John, just the fun gay stories. So for the straight guys out there, there's a lot of good movies and content out there that's for the gay community, for us, it's a big deal to have these movies that might not have played on the big screen back in the day, but now we're finally getting that exposure too. So, Well, and Leslie Jordan was so underrated at the time he was doing most of Dell's work. He was just a, a hardworking character actor at the time. He starred in a bunch of uh, Dell's shows, and then he went on and did, during the pandemic, just blew up on social media. Now, mm-hmm. everybody knows who Leslie Jordan's, right? I mean, he got some fame with his uh, with Will and Grace, as you said, and everything, but he just totally blew up during the pandemic, and he's been best friends with Dell since way back in the day, did one of Dell's very first plays. So Dell has done some amazing tributes. In fact, I'm going in October to L.A., when they're presenting Leslie Jordan with a star on the Walk of Fame in Palm Springs. Oh, wow. And That's Dell's awesome. presenting that. He invited me down to come to that. So wow. it's, we're going to see there. But they, they've they done tributes for Leslie everywhere. They had a tribute for him in his hometown in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they had a huge every star in the world turned out. The LA, um, LA G- LGBT Center just did a huge gala for him. They made him honorary grand marshal of this year's Pride Parade in L.A., so he's just um, blown up in such the great ways. And so Dell was able to watch that. And it still wasn't enough for Dell because he was just Leslie's best friend, true and true. Yeah. But it was great to Aww. see. 
Yeah, you said that he he blew up over uh, during the pandemic. I didn't. I, I knew his face, but I didn't really know you know you know what he knew what he did or anything. But that's when I knew it from his like, all those funny TikToks that he'd make and all those like, ridiculously. This just make me laugh. It's one of those voices you needed during those really dark times. You know, just as soon as he popped up on your newsfeed, your day turned <laughs> turned around a little <laughs> right. bit. Just that. Well, he was so funny. He was well known in West Hollywood. He just he lived in the same apartment in West Hollywood forever. Little small apartment. And he would go get his Starbucks coffee about at least once a week, if not many more times a week. And he would do his little shtick with all the little gay boys that walk by and just kind of turn their little button a bit. <laughs> and it, when I was talking to Dell last a couple of weeks ago, one of the stories is Leslie had finally taken this fame because he'd never did anything with it himself. He always kind of sent money back to his mom and his sisters in Chattanooga. And he had just bought his very first condo, this really nice condo right before he passed away and never got to move into it. So a very sad story, but it was just to see that how he spent the money all these years before that doing it so wisely. So I wish I could, he was the one person in the sword flies family that I didn't meet. I got to meet, most of the others he was also best friends with Livia newton john and went out to see her really? a couple weeks before she passed so yeah wow <laughs> wow wow um you bring up the 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 name allies a lot scott and um we talk about being allies a lot on this podcast and uh you know our definition of ally and how we're trying to be better allies but um especially in today's day and age in 2023 how important is it to be an ally like what is it you know what does that say you being an ally to the LGBTQ plus community? I think Nick will agree an ally is more important than being part of the LGBTQ community right now. We need that outside support. We have just so much of the population. We have a, a good spending block. They like to spend our dollars as it shows with the rainbow washing of pride month. But as far as support for legislation and things like that, you don't really find that quite as often. So allies are just so important just to be there to support each other. I mean, I, I love my allies to give me a lot of grief. I like them giving me gay jokes and being funny. It doesn't mean that you're <laughs> just totally straight, stick up your butt and nothing about it. I mean, there's a lot of funny aspects of the gay culture that yeah. we like to enjoy. Oh, yeah. Including I, sticks up, but <laughs> no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I've only taught them gay 101 so far. We haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we haven't got, they haven't got the advanced classes yet. Yeah. Okay. They've, they've learned a little bit about bears. Classes, and, right. and, yeah. They've learned, they've learned what the Looks bears like are. The advanced classes. If they can sit through the PowerPoint presentation, they'll make it fine. But uh, <laughs> that's a little rough. I don't know. <laughs> Nick, Nick is like the advanced classes in person. So, uh, we'll, we'll. <laughs> he keeps making me retake them in person. I don't know why. <laughs> Chris, you didn't quite pass. So let's take I thought it was because I was bad, but maybe I'm starting to think maybe because I'm really good. <laughs> but Scott, I'm glad you said that. Uh, you know, poking fun at the gay. You know, being gay and this and that because I feel like um, I, I feel like uh, you know being in comedy, a comedy podcast. And I just feel like when you make fun of somebody, um, it's the ultimate sign of respect. Like it's that mutual, like that's the quality right there is when you're, when you make fun of somebody out of respect, like we do on this podcast, it's like, that's the, in my opinion, like if someone's roasting me, it's the ultimate sign of respect. No one's making fun of me on this podcast anyway, that actually means what they're saying and they're doing it to hurt. Well, me. <laughs> I mean, you know, well, like, you're short and you put on a lot of weight. Okay. Uh, the, these jokes are based in truth, buddy. But it's like, I love the, I love the joking 
between you know it because it's just, it just shows that it is that respect and it's that kind of like like I look at you as an equal and that's why I can make fun of you and that's what you can make fun of me and we can laugh together because we're both equal no matter you know who we voted for or, or what you know we're gay or not gay or black or white doesn't matter you know because we both respect each other and that's and I I love that you said that because that's I'm a firm believer in, in making fun of people that that you respect mutually you know. You're going to have those disagreements. You're going to have different parts. I mean, um, one of my favorite guests to have on is a uh, a gay black comedian, Samson. So he's already got a couple minorities in there. But he recently kind of made fun, not made fun of, but just didn't really understand the whole pronoun situation. To him, that's just kind of really bizarre. I understand where he's coming from. I think pronoun, that's not a debate that I necessarily want to have. I understand and respect him for the people that feel it's very necessary for him. But I do understand where there is debate on that, right? So even amongst our own community, we have issues that we are strongly, strongly support and things that we're like, yeah, okay, I'll support you on that. But I think it's a little, little funny. But he's basically on the canceled section of being mm-hmm. LGBT and a comedian and black for say, for not agreeing with pronouns specifically. So it's it's a fine line for everybody. It's very easy for any of us to watch where we're stepping, I guess. Sure. Scott, that's so interesting because as, you know, not being in the LGBTQ plus community, I guess the thing that the outside perception is that everybody supports everybody. Everybody knows everything. And I'm learning more and more. Like I'll ask Nick, Hey, what is pansexual? And he's like, I have no idea. (laughs) Or, or, you know, maybe bad example. He may know, but you know, there's different aspects. And then there's also different opinions and different viewpoints on that. And, and, and that's interesting. And I'm not, looking to debate the view the viewpoints on that um to me it's i'm going to support any you know it doesn't make it doesn't impact my life whatsoever i'm going to support what's going to make people happy and if that means calling themselves they them or he she whatever it doesn't bother me but um it's just so interesting that again i we just assume and chris maybe maybe you don't feel the same think the same way but we just assume that everybody knows every letter of the lgb anybody in the well, community understands each other people so. also think every gay guy knows every gay guy too well you do but you it, do. It, it, it is about a two, it's the two degrees of separation so. <laughs> <laughs> no i think chris said it best where it's just like the respect as long as you're talking in respect you can have agree disagreements and agree to disagree on certain things of, of parts of any community i would think but if you're doing it with respect and 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 so forth i think it, it comes across as honest and and authentic so i think as long as you're authentic and respectful you should be able to have these kind of debates and like you said we don't know what i have no experience to what a trans person is like. i have not i can't think of that in my headspace i don't know what that's like for a trans man or woman to experience that I respect them for it, and I, I support them 100% on it, but I have no idea what that feels like, just like you guys really don't have any idea. We're all, unless it's happening to you, that's not going to be in our vocabulary or just in our understanding sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, before we go to break, I do want to uh, talk about something that I uh, talked a little bit to Nick and Scott about in our Facebook uh, Messenger chat when I was over in Germany. I just wanted to kind of get your uh, all your guys' opinions on it on air. So. Um, when I went to Germany, I, I visited the uh, you know concentration camp over there, and um, and they talked about uh, after the war was over, everything went back to normal, right? 
So they're saying the card-carrying Nazis uh, were no longer Nazis anymore, just like that, right? So obviously they still had their views and their their you know their hate and everything. And they they the the guy turns to us and asks you, so how do you? What changes that? What gets rid of that? And no one answered. Like, well, I, I don't know. And they said the new generation when they start questioning the older generation, when they start questioning, why did you do this? Why did you do that? So that got me really thinking with the LGBTQ plus community because me being a millennial, I'm a millennial, right, Scott? Am I a millennial? Yeah, I'm a millennial. Yes, right. I can, I can claim <laughs> I that because like Gen Z is the bad yeah. one now. Yeah, Gen Z is the bad one. So I can say millennial now. Millennial <laughs> no, Gen, used to be the bad Gen one. Gen Z is better. No, Gen Z is better. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, are you senile, Scott? It's <laughs> 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 okay. my old age. So, so anyway, <laughs> so anyway. Okay, um, boomer. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so that got me thinking because as a millennial, I like I. <laughs> Most of my friends, I can't say all my friends, but most of my friends uh, think the same way I do. It's just like, who cares if someone's gay? Who, like, seriously, who cares? Um, and that really got me thinking with what I heard when I was over in Germany, a person saying about Nazism, which is, again, another form of hate towards minority groups. Um, you know, with, with generations, it, it gave me hope because I'm like, with generations, that slowly goes away. Will it ever go completely away? I, I doubt that because people are, are crazy, you know? But um, it, it did give me hope, and I just kind of wanted to know your thought, your guys' thoughts on that, is do you think that as these, you know, we see progress through generations, and uh, are, are you seeing that um, as part of the LGBTQ plus community or outside of it, Scott? Well, I think it's interesting. I think, I think it's always bubbling there. Like you said, I don't think you're ever going to get rid of it. It's just I see remarkable kind of parallels between the charismaticness of one president six years ago being able to change so much in six years and one charismatic leader of Nazi Germany back in the day being able to change so many minds. I think it's always maybe bubbling beneath the surface and it just takes the right spark the right match to start that fire and it's always going to be down there and you're right the young people the only ones that are going to be able to extinguish that and that's just going to take time there's just no quick answer to it i've i've seen the progress over years i'm of a certain age so i've been able to see many generations change um and there's a lot of hope out there for the younger younger people but i think it still just takes one I just read something the other day. There was a stat that came out the other day from, um, I think it was GLAAD that did it. It might have been someone else, uh, which is our um, Gay Lesbian Defense Fund. Um, I believe they said in one year for Republicans, the view of same-sex couples went down 15% from 2022 to 2023. And... Republican and Democrats, it went down six percent. So in both mm. things, it went down, and I think that just has to do with all the rhetoric being said over and over and over right. again. And the more you repeat it and don't stand up to it, the more it's going to spread. So I just I think it's going to be hard to get rid of it, but I think we have to find people like the young to do a counter message. I don't know what Nick saw. I'd love to hear what Nick has to say about it. Yeah, no, I I actually listened to that episode that you talk about these statistics as well too and it's um it's awesome having support from people like scott and chris that are um 
putting it on this platform, and I say this every week too, but having this opportunity to talk about the gay community and um, and our struggles, and that we're not we're not anywhere close to being normal in a sense. Right. The fact that, and, and I always answer my own question. The fact that I have to ask the question, Hey, are things getting better? Like answers the question. The fact that, that we feel it necessary to bring so much education about what's going on just shows that it's not getting any better. In fact, it's getting worse right now. I think at some point we were maybe getting better, but Mm -hmm. again, from an outsider point of view, but again, is that because I wasn't seeing it mainstream in the news as much because I didn't, it didn't affect me or, and now because I am paying attention to it, I'm seeing how bad it is. You know, I don't know. And also just self-reflecting. I do say that, you know, uh, uh, millennials don't care if you're gay and this, and and, and I think that maybe I should uh, change the verbiage verbiage on that because I I, I almost feel like, uh, because I, that's how I feel like I don't care if you're gay or not. I don't care if you're straight or not, but maybe I should care if you're gay. You know what I mean? Um, Instead of saying, I don't care, I should say, I do care. And I support you because um, it's almost like at one point you could say, Oh, I'm I'm colorblind. I don't see color. And that was okay. You know what I mean? That was, that was the good thing to say. And now it's like, Oh, wait, is that not okay? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Scott chooses to be covered. <laughs> okay, <boomer>. but um, <laughs> but yeah, but like reflecting back on on even what I say is like uh, you know, I think I could be more supportive by saying no, I I, I actually do care if you're gay, but in you know, in a because I, I, I support you, I want you to know that I care, and instead of saying oh, I don't care if you're gay or not, you know, and it's uh, I don't know, I, I feel like uh, self reflection is just what will help um, make everything slightly better not perfect but be- better and you know, a, more of a right step towards where we want to be so but uh interesting interesting uh thoughts on all this though yeah it's definitely almost the com- combination of what you're saying as far as not really caring that anyone is gay and but what scott's saying once you know someone though you take that extra step once you mm-hmm. know someone who's gay, then you fight for their equality, for their marriage, and you fight for it. So, like you said, it's there is a, you can't. It's great for someone to not care about your rights, and everything, but it's even better when they support those and, and voice it and are vocalized right. for it. So, you're both right on that, hundred percent. It's hard. I take a lot of things for granted. I'm living in New Jersey. Everything to me is all sunshines and rainbows. Everything's great up here for the LGBTQ plus community. You know what I mean? Like there's like, I don't, every town you go to here has got the, got the rainbow flags, the updated ones too. Oh my God. God forbid if there's a, a late model and a last year's model on the flagpole, they're all updated here. Um, and uh, it's everywhere you go in New Jersey. It's like you, you really have to go to the middle of the woods to see, you know, some bigotry or, you know, borderline bigotry. And it's um, I take it for granted because I'm thinking I just to me, everything's fine. You know what I mean? And, and being straight, everything's fine. on You know, even even more so because I don't experience any anything that someone of the LGBT community would experience. So it's like, it's hard for me. So that's why I do like these little resets weekly when I talk to Nick and Scott, when I hear what's going on with Florida, when I hear what's going on in Nick's life, it kind of resets me thinking, okay, this, this fight is long, but over. It, it, you know what I mean? Like This is just the beginning. And uh, I'm happy to come on here on a weekly basis and kind of just kind of keep on, keep on uh, fighting for, fighting for the, uh, for equality, really. That's all we can ask. We appreciate yeah. it, believe me. But anyway, uh, we have so much more to get to when we come back. This is No New Friends After Dark. See you in a second.
There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ plus owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs in a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Hey everybody, it's Scott from the No New Friends podcast. If you'd like to hear all of our episodes, all of our past episodes, just visit our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. All of our links to all of our old episodes are there. If you didn't understand an inside joke or just wanted to re-listen to something, just check it out. It's nonewfriendspodcast.com or you can check us out on all streaming platforms. All right, I hope you really enjoyed those ads. We are back. <laughs> We're back with No New Friends After Dark. Hope you missed me. I missed you. <laughs> to Scott. <laughs> we, we didn't miss the long intros and oh, the... Uh... No, no. Still learning. I'm still learning. It's only my 12th week on the job. <laughs> um, this is uh, the like 19th week on the job. That's surprising. Time flies when you're having somewhat of fun. So, <laughs> 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 so, Scott, we've been doing this for, I guess Scott just said, 19 weeks. Um, and, um, you've been doing this for eight years, which is a lot more than 19 weeks. So we've got, we have gotten those messages, like you said, um, of encouragement saying, oh, you know, you helped me through, you know, be more open or this or that. We've gotten a few of them, you know, and they do, they really make what we do even better over the course of the eight years. Have you ever gotten like any opposite messages and how have you mm. dealt with those? If you ever have, you know, it doesn't happen that often, um, Surprisingly, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I've had a couple. Well, thank goodness. First, yeah, of all. exactly. Um, but I have had. I've been on the social media for the most of the entire time. I'm not. I was never a huge social media in the beginning of it. I've now kind mm-hmm. of learned to accept it a bit. Um, yeah. And also, I was not a video podcast. I was an audio podcast for the first five seasons. So I think with wasn't as controversial i guess just to say things and people seeing it seeing people say right. it, just hearing it, they had to they had to listen to it and not and want to disagree with you right so <laughs> right, i didn't right. have that there was never a big controversy i think i had i kind of steered one time i i created another podcast on my network called standing on my soapbox which i did for about six months and that was just a basically rant rave and review mm-hmm. show where I ran about things. And I and I try to keep that open to politics in general with an occasional LGBT thing. I did go on an LGBT rant. At the time, it was something about a school district and the dress code or something. And I just remember it kind of blew up a little bit. So one time, um, so or something blew up to a negative way, but it, it really blew over relatively quickly. And it's like, I've never had a boycott or anything like that happen. Oh, well, that's good. So you don't really have anyone ever writing in saying hateful things. Not too much. Surprisingly, neither do we, Chris. It's weird. <laughs> I know, because I'm, I'm trying. Like, we say a lot of offensive yeah, things. Yeah, the reason I'm asking, I'm trying to prepare myself. Like, how do I, <laughs> how am I going to get over that? I, uh, I, I have had one instance of someone of getting a hate comment from somebody that was in college. 
I would uh, I wrote for the school paper, and I uh, I would um, I was getting a little bored uh, writing just you know opinion pieces on the Phillies. So what I Nick, that's a baseball team. Baseball is a sport. With a, <laughs> with a, with a, <laughs> yes, I'll, they I'll have the tight pants and the cup. And yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Got yeah. it. I'll teach, you, the, I'll teach you how to some, catch when we, when we hang out. <laughs> some of them have pin, pinstripe costumes. <laughs> it's really cute. I'll show you. So, um, so, uh, so I was like, you know, let me just start writing very opinionated pieces, right wing and then left wing, and then like alternate <laughs> weekly. So I'd like write a very like why we need the Second Amendment, and then the next week I wrote like I remember the title was Christopher Columbus was a terrorist and um and <laughs> I wrote this article and there was a social media called Yik Yak where people just really would just talk shit on on this and and I made Yik Yak and it was like really it was a highlight for me and um until it really got really dark and that's when I kind of Eased, eased up on the uh, on the uh, the opinion pieces, but yeah, I'm trying. I'm just trying to prepare myself for this because we do talk a lot about. Um, well, if you've listened to the episodes, uh, Scott did make. Um, I don't think the over under on the Titan submarine jokes was at six and a half last week, Scott. And I, think you, <laughs> oh, no. I, think you, I think you went over. Yeah, I wasn't a part of that one, so I can't. Be, I, I would not be involved. I do remember listening to that while trying to go to bed, and my jaw was. I couldn't fall asleep because my jaw just kept dropping. Um, but anyway, speaking about <laughs> offensive things, there was a very offensive Supreme Court ruling uh, this week, and I wanted to get uh, all of your opinions on that. I have a a, a different opinion. But um, uh, that's why I want to kind of talk about this because my opinion is not really one that I believe in, but that I uh, kind of that I can see both sides type opinion. So I kind of want to get uh, your opinion. And the of course, what I'm talking about is the um, ruling that basically you can just you can discriminate against somebody for religious beliefs uh, for being a same sex couple um, as part of a, like a, a business transaction. So uh, anyone wants to take the floor, please go ahead because I have I, I have uh, I'll, I'll go last. So. I, I okay real real quick mm-hmm. um I, I i've got mixed opinions on it yes. because one as as for me personally i would never discriminate against anybody for uh you know any any type of race color mm-hmm. uh who they love whatever yeah however as a private business owner i mean i would think that you have the right to refuse service to anybody mm-hmm like it sucks that it's just right. targeted towards one community. And I think that that's a little bit BS and it just, you know, you know, she's going to have half the country now boycotting her. Right. Um, right. Which is good. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is fine. You know, like, yeah. I, like it, it, it makes me sick because I don't have that opinion, but it's like, on the other hand, and I think Chris, it's probably the same angle you're going to take on Slightly, this. It's like, yes. As a private business, if I if you don't want to, you know, when mask mandates were a big thing, if you don't want to let someone in who is uh, not wearing a mask, you have the right to do that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I guess so I will, it's, it's, I'll, it's tough. Oh, yeah. I'll piggyback yeah. on you because that's, that's exactly what I was going to play devil's advocate and say um, as a business owner. Uh, I don't know if the government telling you what to do in any case is a good alternative to the opposite. Now. The, the again from a moral standpoint that's horrible uh but in a society where we have a free market i think it's great that people will boycott companies that uh like you will never go to that moon cricket grill scott you know what i mean Mm-mm. like they did something horrible no. and you will never because right. you know and you'll go somewhere else right so um in a that that person that refused service uh listen 
you're not uh, people are going to boycott that person. Hopefully they go out of business. Hopefully they hopefully they lose everything. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if the government saying you need to do business with this person, no matter who it is, is a good idea because I don't, where does that stop? And I don't know. I don't know. So it, it does 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 the um, does it stop there? Then maybe if 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 it stopped there, where it says you can't refuse someone business because they're gay, then yeah, I think I I I think I would agree with that, right? But where does it stop? And I guess that's where the I guess that's where the um, you know ruling. And came the crazy from, thing you know to me I mean? is, like, she brought it to the Supreme Court before there was even an issue, right? Like 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 that's the thing is like. No, there wasn't, there wasn't this turmoil between her and a gay couple over this website. It was this hypothetical thing. She was suing for something that hadn't even happened to her yet. Yes. Am I correct in that? Yeah. It's just another Karen. I I mean, you know, like I said, (laughs) I I stand, I stand behind my, like, look, if you have a private business, you're allowed to refuse whatever service you want um should it be like this no uh it's it, it you know but whatever it's weird because, Nick Scott it's because yeah because morals and law is just so weird like i like has because i wish this case was to a uh german puerto rican five foot six person with <laughs> glasses and they refused it because of that because i would have taken the same side you know what i mean i mean like okay that's a that, that that's fucked up but should the government be forcing them to do business with me? Probably, probably not. Right. It, I, I'm, I'm sad yeah, that this, it had to have been be- someone in the gay community because of really, that's what I'm sad about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm sad that it's, it's a gay, not gay thing. Like that's what, that's what makes me sad about this. Right. I know. I, yeah, I, I mean, just I understand. Have... Go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, Nick. You go. No, you go first. Uh, go ahead. I, I just, I don't understand why it got to the point of the Supreme court. I didn't follow mm-hmm. I didn't really follow the whole story and I didn't read into it much because I was leaving Scott of town the same day that everything was happening. There was multiple rulings that came out that day that I know were not great for America. It wasn't a great 4th of July because of that, Mm. but um, but I just don't know why these issues are getting to the Supreme court to begin with. Right. Like like you said, like they should have the right to refuse. That's the biggest thing. That's, that's where the controversy is starting to evolve now because the case was predicated on her having to build a website for this gay couple, and it's against her religious belief because she doesn't believe in gay marriage. So the first thing we found out, and as Nick probably knows as part of the gay mafia, no one would ever see, do a site from her because it's ugly as hell. She doesn't do a good <laughs> website. So they're not that cool. A gay person would not want to go there in the first place. Second thing they found out was that the person she listed as asking her for this was a straight man married to a wife and a child that was supposedly who who asked for this website, who, who she listed in this lawsuit. So it wasn't even a real person <laughs> that this was done. So how it got this far was incredible to begin with. I totally understand the point. No shoes, no shirts, no service. I'm all for that. Um, I understand that you have the right to reserve, refuse service for certain things. I understand maybe before marriage was the law of the land that you might be able to do it on religious grounds. But now that it's legal and you are as a legal marriage in the state and you are a business open to the public, where does that kind of stop? 
why, why can you discriminate that? And how do you get that to stop against? I don't want to do Yom Kippur brownies because I don't believe in the Jewish faith. How do you, where do you find that line? It is a very fine line. I understand there is maybe a line there somewhere, but how do you align that when you are in a legally, a legal valid wedding and you are a legal valid business who took out a business license and you are going to refuse to serve that one segment of it? Um, it just, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like I said, I think it was predicated on wrong grounds. It was, it was very frustrating to see it happen. Um, That's a good point. Uh, because, oh, hold on. I'm a little distracted. Sorry, my husband walked Hey, Sean. <laughs> hey, Sean. Um, that's a good point you bring up because at what point, and I didn't really think about it this way until, until you put it into perspective a little bit, at one point does refusing service and a hate crime, like where does that mesh? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because if you're a priest and you have a gay couple wanting to get married in your church, religiously, I believe, okay, it's against your religion. And yeah, I don't believe in that. But if that's what you believe, that you don't marry them in your church, right? But someone designing a website for somebody, in what, where does the Bible say you can't make a website for a same-sex couple? Like, as, what, what religious belief is prohibiting you from making a website or baking a cake for somebody? And now, <laughs> you put it a little bit into perspective for me, because it's like, um, how far can you pull this religion card? You know what I mean? Um, if you're in the business of religion, then I, I get it. Then that's well, and it's then, like, then there's your there's your you know. I so it's like around, Scott, it's like Scott said too. Her websites, I didn't even look at them, but they're probably ugly. But also, a few years back, we dealt with the same kind of situation with a pizza place saying that they didn't want to cater to an LGBT wedding. First off, what gay person is getting pizza at their wedding? <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I mean, maybe like the I said, I, I totally understand for no shoes, no shoes of service for restaurants. That's a health violation, right? There's there's reasons behind it. Um, but for not creating a site, there has to be some kind of a harm to the person. There, I don't know what the harm is in your business model for creating something for a belief. There's a lot of things I don't believe in that I need to do as a business owner, right? Um so I, I, it's very hard to see where be, where beliefs come in as, a fa, as far as the law goes, and I just wish it was predicated on a on a better better system than that. Yeah, I uh, I, I I actually I totally get that. Now, just a um, little bit of my background. I'm a business owner, um, so I, I I look at I look at things. You know, as far as everybody, goes. if you're playing uh, NNF bingo, uh, that's your free space. Chris just said, I'm a business owner. <laughs> well, I just want to, I just want people to know where I'm thinking. Um, yeah, we all know. So Scott doesn't know. All right. So I just want to, like, I always look at things as far as like what I want the government coming and doing or whatever. Now, I don't believe in these, these rulings. Uh, my business is majority run by women and minorities. So it's like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Um, that's being ruled, but um, uh, to an extent, I, I, I get it. But now, kind of putting taking a step back from everything, it's kind of like, um, uh, why wouldn't that be a hate crime? Why why is why is religious freedom being ruled higher than a hate crime? I, I don't know. I don't know. How can that not be a hate crime if you refuse service to someone because of the being in the same sex? Well, I'm also of the same opinion. Like you said, I think 
it comes back to the harm, right? What harm is being done to this person right. for having to make a website? What harm is it being done to me that I don't go to another website designer? So there's a little bit of that involved. So I don't know if I would necessarily put it a hate crime, my personal opinion, maybe some people do, mm-hmm, but as sure. far as, but there's no damage to me either for you saying, no, I can go to someone else, but it's the point of it that should you be allowed to say it? I don't know if I would, it, I, that's why I think it's discrimination more than it's a hate crime based. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah. Better way to put it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Better way to put it for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I hope that that, I hope something like that is looked at in the future instead of the, the other way around, because I can definitely see both sides. Um, and then there's also, there's obviously the, the age old argument is the, you know, do we need to update this very old book of laws that we, that we practice on? We could go on and on and on about that. But, um, it's, it's, it's a sad, um, it's, it's sad that a case like that gets the attention that it does because, um, and I, we, I, I talk about this a lot, how the media takes these stories and they just pound it into your head every week. And it makes you, it, it divides people and stuff like this. And, uh, because the four of us can have a very civil conversation about this and understand all the points we're having, but a lot of the country doesn't know how to do that. And, uh, they're going to hear this story and you're going to have these people going on their Facebooks and, uh, and writing their, their opinions one way or the other. And you're going to have people losing friendships over it and, and being hateful over it. And then worshiping politicians because of it. You're going to have politicians now taking this case and using it as a, um, as a, as a platform. It's, it's a really sad uh, time that we live in, especially with, with social media being as popular as it is, unfortunately. Right. All right. Now, before we go to break, I did just talk about social media and how it's super divisive. I'm on uh, Twitter and I follow a lot of the uh, presidential candidates on both sides because I like to you know, keep up with them. So I get a uh, tweet from Ron DeSantis. And it's an ad with the, um, at the White House with Joe Biden blurred out. And you see in the background, American flag, pride flag, American flag on the, on the White House. <laughs> Caption on the picture. When did we start accepting this as the norm? Join Team DeSantis to defeat the woke mind virus. Then it says, why have our federal leaders stood idly by why American children and adults have been told by the woke mob that we must accept that men can get pregnant? Join us to restore sanity. I saw that. And I was like, in what world do we live in? That's a presidential campaign. Like That's an ad for a, for a serious presidential nominee like they are that's really a, sad like they are really that's sad his platform about, i i know desantis's platform is again like everything against the lgbtq plus community how mm. does that make you fit to be president that, that's a, that's that, that's like i see that i see that and i'm like in what world has someone seen that like, oh man i gotta vote for that guy that, that, he's he's I, to be the leader of the free world like what i I think that he saw that in, I think his whole strategy is back in 2016, the guy who won had major shock value and attacked all these groups and, you know, whatever. And, and now he is trying to do the same, but that's not, but be more obvious about it. But Trump even, Trump did not attack the LGBT community. Like he didn't, he didn't say, not not right away. He he didn't know. No, but no, it's not right away. And and not from him. Not in it, not as obvious. Yeah. It was very subtle. 
He he signed he signed some no, sure, bill on sure. Pride no, Day. Yeah, not, he signed a sure. uh, like an anti LGBTQ sure. plus bill on Pride Day. But I didn't see ad, like this is that ad, I've never seen an ad for a, a presidential nominee that like that's like that like uh, and because because like he's got his he's got his hat in the race right, but he still needs to compete for it. He's running ads like that, and that's that, that's, that's actually platform. helping him. That, that's his platform. Why do you think he's going after Disney so hard? That is his platform. I, I just I saw that. I was like, in what world do I live in that somebody's running ads like that and it's working? Like it's just crazy. Yeah, I don't know that it's working. Well, it's, it's working for his base. No, yeah, but that's that's still scary. That's still scary. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be president, but I'm saying it's helping him. Like he's running ads. Like he's not dumping money into that ad because it's not working. You know what I mean? Like he's obviously getting good good reactions to that. It's um, that's the saddest part. A lot of these people are running on dividing the country as opposed to uniting the country. Yes. That hasn't been done in a long time. Um, even on Democratic side, I'm a tried and true Democrat all the way through. But there's everyone's getting into their little niche and everyone's yeah. telling what's wrong with the other party instead of what we can all do to get it, make it together. Right? Mm-hmm. But DeSantis yep. is. Big time. That's his big platform, as Scott says. It's like his is all about divisiveness. And he's just one that says it says out loud where everyone else is trying to sneak through. Hmm. So. Yeah. It's really sad. Um, before we get to Scott's summaries in our, in our last segment, I do want to say um, I was a little nervous going over to Germany wearing like a pride shirt. Cause I didn't know, you know, Nick brought it to my attention that it's, you know, you don't like, it's not safe everywhere. Like people don't, you know, treat um, you know, people, of the LGBTQ uh, plus community the same. And I was very uh, pleasantly surprised by how welcoming uh, it was over there. Go, well, go ahead, Scott. No, Chris, 100%. So I wear my, we say gay shirt yeah. a lot. Yeah. And I think it's the closest that I will ever get to feeling what Nick feels, you know, on a daily basis because I'm I'm very loudly saying right, in this right. pink shirt we say gay am I going to am I going to get yeah, beat up for exactly. it exactly especially where you live you know and 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 it's and it's almost like I don't know it's 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 almost like my it's my Lenten sacrifice, if you will, uh, for those of you who are Catholic, you know, uh, you know, the 40 days of 40 nights of giving up something. It's, it's like, that is my way to, to walk in the shoes of someone from the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. So for, you punish yourself. Just, for like a minute. So you punish yourself by pretending you're gay. <laughs> no, like, I don't know. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> that came out wrong. Anyway. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's, what's so funny. I mean, we're talking about Nick and his uh, husband holding hands. That's an act of defiance, holding someone's hand. It's ridiculous mm-hmm. what is known as act. Wearing a pink T-shirt, whether it says, say, gay or just a pink T-shirt, you never know what your reaction is going to be to different people. So yeah. it's just it's amazing what contributes to an act of defiance in these times and what it has in a long time. So it's yeah. very now, uh, pretty cool, quote-unquote, act of defiance. Uh, before we go to break, like I said, 45 times, because I keep just thinking of things to say. Um, I, I mentioned this to Nick and Scott, uh, but I feel like our listeners should hear it too. So when I was over in Germany, I was at the concentration camp. It was called Dachau. And um, there were um, people that were in prison there for being homosexual. And in Germany until I think 1996, it was not illegal to be gay, but it was illegal to have sex with another man. So it was like, <laughs> so basically, so... 
Um, and I'm laughing because it's ridiculous. Not laughing because it's funny. So um, people that were um, in the concentration camp at Dachau had to wear uh, a pink triangle to identify themselves as homosexual. And sad part of the story for it to the cool part of the story is that uh, when they were liberated from the concentration camps, they were taken back to jail because they were still breaking the law, which is like super sad to hear. So anyway, that pink triangle, um, that pink color became symbolic in the gay community. And uh, there was this event in Miami and everyone wore pink because of that concentration camp in Dachau mm. because it was the pink um, symbol that they oh. had to wear. So they took it and they wore it as a you know a show of pride instead of uh, shame, which I thought was really, really cool to just hear the origin of that. Uh, just wanted to share that. I thought that was, was yeah, kind of cool. Awesome. That's very cool. So, there's a uh, lot of gay history out there that a lot of us don't know about. And there's a couple podcasts now coming on and talking about it. It's really exciting to see because that's the one thing our youth is missing out on. We talk about the youth of our straight allies supporting us, right? It's like no big deal to them. They're all supporting us. Our youth, the LGBT youth, doesn't know our history and doesn't understand it, and they take for granted a lot of these things, right? They don't understand what it's like to have to go into the back door, the back alley to get into a club to go dancing or do a lot of things. So it's it's very much a, a very strange juxtaposition to see the two younger generations and what they see as far as gay rights go. Absolutely. And I hope that one day we reach up to a point in, in public schools where, uh, you know, um, gay rights are just taught there right up there with, uh, with um, the seg segregation period and civil rights and everything. I, I hope that, because yeah, I, I never learned I about just hope, Stonewall, I think. I just is. hope we get to the point, uh, real quick, I just hope we get to the point where there's no such thing as as gay rights, black rights, As we, it's just all human rights. Yeah. And let's consider everybody a human and make sure that everybody has the same rights as everybody else. Absolutely. Well, well glad you heard something sent him out from Scott because it's about to get way darker. We'll be right back <laughs> with our new friends after dark. <laughs> You, you want to join a cult? Well, this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon-exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to nonewfriendspodcast.com and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course. All right, strap on or strap down or ooh, do whatever you want. It's time for Scott Summers. Well, you are, well. <laughs> I, I, I definitely after dark. Goodness. Yeah. yeah, he's Nick. Chris is talking about strap-ons and all that. Um, Sorry. I think that would excite our, our lesbian audience. Well, I don't know. welcome. <laughs> all right, so I do have some summaries. Um, oh, yeah, I was supposed to ask you if you had any. Yeah. Okay. 
I do. I do. Uh, we don't do the jingle. Yeah, I don't have a cute yeah, jingle yeah. like you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah, host cute. hates me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, most of these I wrote, uh, Game Master Ryan helped me with a couple of these. So here we go. Um, Scott said, you know, he stopped podcasting. We, and, and it was once you jump, once you get off the horse, it's tough to get back on. Um, for Chris, once he gets on the horse, it's tough for the horse to do anything oh after that. <laughs> you know, speaking of Chris, it's really good to have Chris back. Uh, really good. He's a real stand-up guy. Well, at least he used to be a stand-up guy. Now the gout makes him a sit-on-his-ass guy. <laughs> um, Scott said he touches on a lot of things with his podcast. Um, Nick wishes Chris would touch a lot of his things. <laughs> he doesn't have to wish. <laughs> uh, Chris talked about how Nick and Chris have gotten so comfortable with each other. Um, Chris, I think you're getting more comfortable since recently you're FaceTiming while you're in the shower. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. It's with Scott. Um, <laughs> Nick is doing PowerPoint presentations to teach gay 101. Uh, Nick has been trying to make Chris take power bottom lessons as often as he can. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> I love when Chris hosts. I really do. It, it takes a lot of the pressure off me. I can just kind of sit back and all that. Um, his questions, however, I don't know if you've noticed this, just take forever. <laughs> it takes him longer to land the plane than my pilots flying back from Arlington. <laughs> <laughs> Chris says he's a business owner. Uh, Chris, I really don't think stealing copper pipes from people's houses is considered a business. <laughs> Teach their own man. <laughs> and finally, uh, we talked a little bit, just a little, just the tip about uh, Chris NNF Bingo. Uh, for those of you playing at home, make sure you mark off. I'm a business owner. I'm a minority. But I'm sorry if you were waiting for. I'm a history major. You probably lost. <laughs> Those are my summaries. Did you know I was a history major, Scott? <laughs> no, there it is. All right, mark off the history major thing. Yes, I know. Just making sure. It's a useless degree. Your favorite class was on West Africa. I need to talk about it as much as possible because that's the only time I ever use it. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about on this damn podcast. Yeah, you've used your history major more on this podcast than any other time in your life. I have. It's true. It took me longer to hang it up on my wall than it did to do anything else. Um, <laughs> Do you use contact paper? I'm loving this segment, though. I think you should have a little bit of flame running along the bottom and let it just blow up to whoever you're burning. That's kind of hard. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. I like that. You might add I like the flame. That. I like that. Chris, get on I, that. I'd just be roasted. Um, <laughs> all right. First of all, I just want to thank Scott from the Left of Straight podcast so much for joining us tonight. Now, uh, any of our listeners listening right now, which if they're listening, then yes, they are in fact listeners. Where can they, <laughs> where can they find you? Uh, the easiest thing is to go to the Left of Straight website, www.leftofstraight.com, and that's spelled L-E-F-T-O-F-S-T-R and the number 8.com. It has all our social medias. It has all of our um, recent listings for it. We're on YouTube, all the regular places. Awesome. Sounds good. It's been, it, was, it was a pleasure having you. It was really, really great conversations we had, the four of us. Thank you for taking the time out and coming on. Well, thank you for inviting me. I, I had the pleasure of meeting Scott beforehand, and you and Nick have been a pleasure to talk to. This is the gayest straight show I've ever been on. I'm absolutely loving right. every second of it. So. <laughs> very, very cool. I, I've turned it. I've turned it pretty gay. Take that as a compliment. I love it. <laughs> yes, and I help. You know, Scott, it's so funny. 
it's so funny after Nick's first couple episodes, I was like, okay, we can do this and this. And he goes, um, we don't have to turn this into a super gay podcast. I was like, yes, we do. I want it to be a super gay podcast. I'm still, I, I'm still trying to do a musical episode with the guys, but. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're the one Very that doesn't even have musical. <laughs> I like it. One notch above. We'll figure it out. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. On behalf of myself, Scott Squared, and Nick. Oh, I got it Scott Squared because there's two of you. No, I gotta I gotta separate you yeah. guys. Scott from the No New Friends podcast. <laughs> and Scott from the Left and Straight Podcast. And Nick. I'm Chris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Anybody listening at home, thank you so much for listening. Conversations like these are super important, and uh, I'm glad that you guys all got to hear it. If you like conversations like these, have some with your peers. They're lots of fun. Just don't yell or make Facebook statuses about them. Just do podcasts on them. Or just listen to ours. I don't care. Listen to us. I think I've decided. Listen to us. Scott, I'm going off the rails. I forgot how to end <laughs> what it. What else is new? I forgot how to end it. <laughs> it's been it's been too long, Scott. You've been listening to it. <laughs> Please just clean. Oh, Chris clean is that back. The, the, You'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure, figure it out. Yeah. He's like, I'm not editing it. I don't. That's care. why I host and I don't yeah, edit. I, love it. <laughs> I didn't even drink tonight. <laughs> so now we know it's not the alcohol. You're, just, you're really good at ending the very serious episodes. You're really bad oh, at ending yeah. the funny oh, episodes. Yeah. This is bad. No New Friends After Dark has been brought to you by Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpipervacations.com. Just check out our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. Become a friend with benefits. Check out our sweet merch and so much more. This has been a No New Friends Entertainment LLC production. <laughs>